Hi, this is Demond Wilson. You remember me as Lamont from Sanford and Son. And I want you to listen to a very, very important broadcast, On Screen and Beyond, with Brian. He is the man. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome once again to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zimrak. This is episode 82, and this is the weekly show that lets you in on all the news of upcoming remakes, sequels, and upcoming film projects, and our weekly interview, of course, with someone from the music, movie, and TV industry. And uh, we've had some great guests over time here, 82 episodes. Uh, we've covered all aspects of the business with actors from your favorite older movies and TV shows, such as you, O'Brien, who played Wired Earp from the 50s. Robert Wagner and Cliff Robertson, who won an Oscar, and uh, all the way up to the new uh, with director-producer Anthony Russo, whose new show Community just started on NBC this season, and of course Taylor Lautner of Twilight and New Moon. Uh, they're all there. We have the interviews. It's uh, great, and you can check it out. Uh, com. Look uh, through our guest list, and you can click on OSB reruns, a little button on the side there, and you can hear those interviews, pick the one you want to listen to, and they're all right there. They're, they're just sitting there waiting for you and your friends to listen to. Pass it on to a friend, let them know about what's going on, or you can go to iTunes and listen to the podcast, and uh, you can also subscribe so you get them automatically. And if you go to iTunes, one thing there is that you will get um, to see pictures if you're listening on your computer or on your MP3 player, if it has the uh, capability of um, doing an M, uh, M4A formats, uh, so you can see pictures of what we're talking about. So anyways, there's a couple different ways of doing that, and of course, uh, you can just always go to onscreenandbeyond.com and listen to them whichever way you'd like to do it and uh, we'd appreciate if you are doing it on itunes that if you would leave a comment there uh, it helps us get up in the rankings and everything so more people will know about us and uh, so if you get a chance go ahead and do that and also be sure to check out our latest poll question at the bottom of the homepage of onscreenandbeyond.com and cast your vote and uh, looks like it's time now to check out uh, remake madness right here on on screen and beyond please hang up and try again Remake Madness. Well, it looks like Jeff Bridges will play U.S. Marshal Rooster Cogburn in the remake of True Grit, which originally starred, of course, John Wayne. And it's from the Coen brothers, and they are talking with Matt Damon and Josh Brolin to join the cast also. And there are rumors that a film version of Miss Saigon may be in the works as it moves from stage to the big screen, and also maybe moving from the stage to screen also is... Rock of Ages. It, of course, uh, will be a musical, and it'll feature 80s music. That's about it for remakes from On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Upcoming movies, look for Steve Carell to star in Missing Links. It's a golf comedy about a bunch of golfers from a rundown public course trying to get into an elite private course. And uh, Clive Owen will star in Trust in a 2011 release film about a teenage girl who is targeted by an online predator. And on April 22nd of 2010, tentatively, look for Sebastian, starring Dee Wallace and Meg Foster. It's a thriller about a woman dying of cancer who is miraculously cured by a young stranger who claims to be the soul of her aborted child. But her good health does not come without cost. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like Mad Max 4 is in the works. Of course, we've talked about that with many rumors flying around currently, including that Charlize Theron will star in the film. Stay tuned as it develops. We'll keep you updated on that. And actress Laura Dern has joined the cast of Little Foggers, and she will play the headmistress of a school that Ben Stiller and his wife send their children to. And, of course, it had to happen. With the success of Paranormal Activity, a sequel is rumored in the works. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent, any movie that costs $15,000 to make and pulls in $62.5 million in the first month is bound to have a sequel. And uh, how much you want to bet that uh, the next, you know, the sequel, number two, will not be made for $15,000. <laughs> we'll see what happens on that. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. As far as TV on DVD, on January 19th, look for Weed Season 5 to head your way on to DVD and Blu-ray the DVD will be a three-disc set, and the Blu-ray will be a two-disc set. Also on January uh, the 5th, The Philanthropist, the complete series, arrives on DVD in a two-disc set. And finally, in November on the 24th, the Jerry Lewis Show Collection lands in stores on DVD. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. And as far as movies on DVD, Aliens in the Attic with Doris Roberts and Ashley Tisdale arrives in stores on Tuesday, November 3rd. G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, which was just in theaters, it seemed like, back in August, uh, uh, comes to DVD on Tuesday, November 3rd. And I Love You, Beth Cooper comes to DVD when a nerd proclaims his love for the most popular girl in school during his graduation speech and... Later, she shows up to show him the best night of his life. And that's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have an interview with none other than Lamont. He, that's right. It's Damon Wilson who played Lamont on 
Sanford and Son in the 70s with Red Fox. It was a great show. Uh, Lamont gives us all kinds of great stories, and it's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest this week on On Screen and Beyond was the co-star of one of the biggest shows of the 70s, Sanford and Son, along with Red Fox. He currently has a book out called Second Banana, the bittersweet memoir of Sanford and Son. It's Damon Wilson. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Damon. Yeah, thank you, Brian, and hello to all your listeners. Well, uh, Damon, uh, it's great having you on the show. I love the show, and I wanted to uh, say one thing before we got started here. I want to wish you a happy birthday, because you just had a birthday recently, didn't you? Yeah, the lady birthday, uh, the 13th of October. I, I turned 18. <laughs> We're all going to do the 18. <laughs> yeah, I turned, it was like Jack Benny was, was 39 for like 39 years. Right. <laughs> Now, uh, we'll start off with your book, um, Second Banana. Why did you decide to write the book? I'm always interested in finding out why. Well, you know what? I got sick and tired and tired of sick. That's my mother's favorite phrase when I was growing up. I'm sick and tired and tired. I would finish it for and tired and sick of reading all of these, these, these crazy Googles and misnomers and misinformation about Red and myself and about what happened during those years. And, and and I had it in my heart to write the book and, and rever- reverence and, and to pay homage to Red, but I did not want to write anything that would have any kind of rants or, 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 or any kind of venom in it. And so I, I, I wanted to get to a place where I could look back on everything objectively. I have a, what is called a photographic memory, Brian, and I don't forget anything. I'm like an elephant. And I wanted a timeline, a very concise timeline of the things that were good and the things that were not so good that happened to us. Uh, and I called it Second Banana because Red was in that Chitlin Circuit vaudeville thing when he started in the business. And that's an old vaudeville term, Second Banana. Yeah. It goes back to burlesque and vaudeville. And it had to do with the, uh, the Second Banana, Fanny Bryce and Burt Williams. Fanny Bryce was the headliner, Burt Williams was Second Banana on the billing. And uh, I wrote the book, and and I and 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 you know I called it the bittersweet memoirs because it was like life. It was like the yin and the yang. You have to take the good and the bad yeah. in life. It's not always good, and it's not always bad. And uh, I didn't I didn't start out to set the record straight, but the book does that. Uh, I didn't start out to to do a tell all book, but the book does that. Um, I wanted something that Sanford and Son fans around the world, and, and, and the show is in 42 foreign countries, plays to 90 million people daily here in America. Wow. I wanted something that they, could, that they could hold on to, and I created Second Banana, the Bittersweet Memoirs. It's a coffee table-sized book, beautifully illustrated cover, and it's all of the things that people never knew about those pioneer days in television and what Red and I had to under, undergo mm-hmm. <clears throat> to establish that show and, and kick doors open for African-Americans on, on, on network television. Yeah, and it was such a great show. I mean, everybody loved that show. It was, it was just so funny. Well, people can go to the number two, N as in Nancy, D as in David, banana.net, and within three to five working days, this beautifully illustrated coffee table sized book will arrive at your home. Now, they're all autographed, not personally, but on the last page, I say, May your dreams take you far in life. 
I know mine have, Peace and Love, DeMond Wilson. Uh, the book is a wonderful book. It's funny. It's hysterical. It's sad. And most of all, it's informative. People that have been reading it say that the book should be a must-read for all young artists that want to go into the entertainment industry. Hmm. And I understand it's doing very well in sales, right? Oh, yeah. It's selling all over the world. It's selling in Wales and South England. It's selling in Kenya, uh, East Africa, South Africa, selling all over Canada, selling in Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Argentina. It's, 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 it's going crazy. It's, I, I, I haven't had any sleep. I mean, people are, people are calling me. I'm getting ready to go to New York, God willing, and, and to do some work. And, and, and the book is just, people want me to come and do book signings. I, I've already, I'm in my third ordering of, 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 uh, of, of 2,000 books. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, and we have listeners all over the world, and and now people who are in other countries besides the U.S. Are they able to go to that website? Absolutely, I put in a foreign tab on my website, and when they go on the number two nd <coughs> banana dot net, it doesn't matter where they are in the world. The postage rate will come up a little bit more, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, but it's going it's, it's going abroad. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I think that I think that the book has become sacrosanct. It's the definitive word mm-hmm. on on that series for after the Sun fans. Yeah, well, it's, it's so like you say. There's so much things, so many things out on the internet that are untrue, and people yeah. they they just you know you never know if it's true or not. In fact, when I've well, of course, because it, they, they, people that write it and it's been posted for so long, people believe it. Like they had said that I chased Norman Lear down the hall in NBC with my gun in my hand. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It was a big stick that I had. No, <laughs> why would I have to chase Norman Lear? Norman Lear probably weighs a buck twenty-five, soaking wet. <laughs> I would have chased Norman down the hall. That's hysterical. But uh, it clears up a lot of funny things in the book. A lot of funny stories. I can't tell you all of them. I can right. tell you one. Right. And I've been te- I've been telling it so many times. It's got it's got whiskers, but <laughs> it's the only one out of the book that I can tell. Yeah. On, you, know, you lose all your sponsors. Right. Uh, Red and I were in Caesar's Palace one weekend, and Red. Uh, game of choice was Kino, and his drink of choice was Chevis Regal. And he was about two and a half sheets to the wind that night. And he hit Kino for 50 grand. And he, and he took his little short legs over to the store, and he bought a, an attaché case and a chain, a bicycle chain, and a lock. And he went and got a room, and he was headed to the elevator. And we said, what are you doing, Fox? And he says, I know you all saw me win that $50,000. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go upstairs and put the money in the briefcase and chained my arm in the briefcase to the bed. And we said, why are you going to do that? He said, because if somebody's walking across the casino floor with a briefcase, nobody would think nothing, but if they drag an old Negro in the bed, somebody will stop him. <laughs> and he was serious. Yeah. Now, now, was he constantly on? I mean, you know, a lot of times people, they're funny when they're on the t- TV shows and things like that, but was he constantly uh, funny? Constantly, without stop, 24-7, 365. The only time he wasn't uh, saying stuff witty was when, when, when he was asleep. And as soon as he woke up, he'd start all over again. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's like, like Richard Pryor was like that, too. Richard Pryor was always on. No matter what mood Richard was in, mm-hmm. he was funny. If he was in a morose mood, he was hysterical. If he was happy, he was hysterical. If he was angry, he's, he was hysterical. He and Red Fox, they fought funny. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Now, we're, so you and Red were close, not just on screen. You were on off screen. You were close friends. Oh, you, oh, for the amount of time that we did the show together, I mean, you can't have that kind of synergy. 
mm. and that kind of chemistry without being close to someone. Right. It wasn't acting. You can't act that well. I mean, people say, well, you and Red really close. And I said, if you watch any one of the 130-plus episodes, what you saw on the screen is what it was off the screen. We weren't acting. We, we genuinely cared for one another. We had respect for one another. We, we had no fights, no harsh words for the entire time that we worked together. Mm-hmm. And, and as far as the, um, the, getting the part of Lamont on the show, how did that come about? Uh, I did a, well, Norman Lear and Buddy Yorkin had two shows, two British hit shows that ran for a long time, till, till Death Do His Part, mm-hmm. which became All in the Family, okay, and yeah. then they had a show that ran in Britain for 17 years called Steptoe and Son, which, which became Sanford and Son. And prior, the first season of All in the Family was the number one show. My agent, and this is all in the book, my agent called me up and asked me if I, if I had seen All in the Family, and I told him, I don't watch episodical television. To this day, I don't. And, I said, and he says, well, the, one of the producers uh, wants you to, uh, John Rich wants you to, to, to do an appearance on the show. He saw some footage of you. And he wants you in Cleavon Little, uh, the late Cleavon Little from Blazing Salads. Matter of fact, I looked at part of the episode this morning on the internet, mm-hmm. and I said, I don't want to do television. I'm, I'm a theater uh, movie actor. I don't want to do television. So he said, it's the number one show, DeMond. You just moved to California. It could help you. So I watched it, and I said, I think it's despicable. I think the character's despicable. Um, I don't want to do it. And he says, well, you're entitled to your own opinion, but, you know, millions of people watch that show every week. You could do a lot worse. And so I thought I had totally sold out because I had a habit. Uh, you know, I'm a decorated uh, Vietnam veteran, uh, Brian, and I brought back a habit from Vietnam called eating. <laughs> and I thought, that's a joke. See, I'll be appearing here all week, tip your waitress. <laughs> um, and I thought I had sold out until I saw the script when the two guys break into the bunker home and burglarize mm-hmm. it yeah. and terrorize Archie and, uh, and make fun of him. So we did the show, and it got tremendous ratings. The year prior to All in the Family, which is 70, 69, 70, Red had done a, a movie directed by Oscar Davis called Cotton Comes to Harlem, where he played a junk dealer named Uncle Bud. And they said, uh, Buddy Yorkin said, Let me, I want to I do this, this show, with this, this, this British show with Red Fox. And they said, Red Fox, he's blue. How are you going to put him on television? And they said, well, who would you put opposite? Who would be the foil? Who would play his straight man? They said, we'll take this young guy from New York, this theater-trained actor, whose timing is impeccable, and we'll put him with Red. And the rest is history. Yeah. Like you say, we don't want to talk too much about what's in the book, because you know, people should go out and buy the book to, see, to, to read all about oh, it. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't. If we stayed on the phone for two hours, I couldn't even scratch <laughs> the surface as to what's in the book. Yeah. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, did you always want to be an actor when you were young? 
Well, you know, I saw it on Broadway at like five and a half, six. I don't know if a five and a half, six year old knows what he wants to do, really. Mm-hmm. It was something that came easy for me, and it was something that people enjoyed when I would do it, and so I, I guess you know, I gravitated toward it. Wow, yeah. And, and you said when you went into the service, did you work uh, in any, you know, service oriented plays and things like that? Yeah, trying to keep from getting my backside shot off. I was in the infantry division. Wow. I said I was decorated veteran. You don't get decorations in a in a war by tap dancing or singing. Right. Yeah. But, um, now, did um, after uh, the Sanford and Son show had ended? Um, the uh, you went on to Baby I'm Back and yeah the New Odd Couple yeah and the New Odd and, Couple and then Demond Wilson and Company and then I started producing and then I went into ministry mm-hmm. now now when you worked on uh, the New Odd Couple was that a tough one to to go into because no it wasn't it was my be- I think it was my best work on television the New Odd Couple it was just no chemistry between Ron Glass and myself yeah and without without chemistry and the synergy between the two protagonists, the two leads on the show, you got nothing. Doesn't matter. That was Gary Marshall production. He was he was a, he was a pretty big boy back oh, yeah. in the day. That's Penny sure. Marshall's brother. Yeah, yeah. Did a lot of famous movies. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter how good the producers are, the writing, if there's no synergy, if there's no chemistry between the two leads, the show has a snowball's chance in a microwave oven right, yeah. of making, and there was no synergy. Ron Glass is a trained theater actor who found it impossible to not be a trained theater actor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he didn't know how to play it loose. He didn't know how to go with that. He was not, he was not from that school. Yeah, and he, he, was, um, he was Felix, right? That's right, and, and and you were Oscar, so he he had to loosen up uh, in order to to play that yeah, part. Yeah, well, now he, Ron is a very serious individual as a as a as a human being. I mean, he's he's not a he's not a he's not a, a guy who comes around with jokes and laughing and and, and goofing off. He's a pretty serious man, hmm. and uh, he found it difficult because he thought that everything he did made 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 the character made him look like he was gay. Yeah, and, and 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 I said, well, no, the character is not gay; he's persnickety. Yeah, you know right. uh, that's the way that's the way Lemon played him, and that's the way uh, Tony Randall played him. Right. Yeah. And neither one of those guys were gay. Right. Yeah. I mean, and here you are playing Oscar Madison, and the two the two gentlemen who were most known for playing that character, you know, before you, uh, it must have yeah, been. You had Walter Matthau and Jack Klugman. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were. <laughs> they had made. They were that. Walter Matthau and Jack Klugman. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah. You know, Jack Jack Klugman didn't. He could have called that in. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't acting as who he is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And Tony Randall could have called his in. That's not acting. That's who he is. Jack Lemmon is that same was that same little annoying character in about five, ten movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. It, it really was. Yeah. You know, I used to watch him play Pebble Beach, and he was that same little annoying, non-playing golfing guy. Yeah. He, he slid right into that one. Yeah. yeah. And Ron was like, oh, "What's my motivation to get your check?" <laughs> That's what my motivation is. Yeah. I could have played Oscar or Felix. It doesn't matter. That's called acting. Acting, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the whole. That's the whole idea of it. You know, he. But he. You know, he took it personal, and uh, you know, he's he's a very talented man. I'm not putting Ronnie down. Right. I mean, I, I like him as oh, a yeah. person. He just could not come out of that 
serious mode long enough. He, you know, he, he was looking for a hook, and there was there's no hook to comedy other than timing and facial expression and playing off of whoever you're opposite. Yeah, yeah. When he was on Barney Miller, all he had to do was say a couple of wise crack lines and then go sit down. Right, yeah, it's true. That's what he was doing, yeah. You know, when he, when he was up there with me, you know, they used to, and they used to mess with him. They would say, Ron, you better get out there because the mind's going to steal every scene if you don't. And that was, you know, they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Now, after that, um, you took sort of a break for a while there. And, and I went then, into ministry. Into ministry, yeah. And um, yeah. you go from acting to ministry. I didn't go from anything to anything. God has always been imminent in my life. Okay, yeah. It was a calling on my life. See, people look at... At, at ministry as though it's a vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the mind of my grandmother. My grandmother said I would not go across the street to hear a vocational preacher, somebody who took up a vocation and started doing it. You were called in the Old Testament or the New Testament. We used to say many were called, few were chosen, some were sent, and some just went. Mm-hmm. The vocational guys just went. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was a very strong influence in my life growing up, and I knew it was just a matter of time. Yeah, um, it's all in the book. I I, 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 I explained it in the oh, book. Okay, so the something that so I the book said, is okay. Now I'm, I'm tired of acting. I'm going to go into the ministry. Yeah, that's that's not the way that works. The calling on my life, simply in my ear, come out, come out. I preach the gospel around the world for the better part of eighteen years. Established churches, and I still see a couple of churches. And in 1999, my ministry took on a took on a different aspect, a Paulian aspect, where I started writing. You know, in order to write successfully, aside from having the talent, you have to have the experience. And I had been around the churches and organizations, major organizations, for the better part of 18 years, and I had something to say. Uh, second banana, if they go on the number two ndbanana.net, it will link them to truthyoushouldknow.com which was my first serious book that I wrote to the Christian community in 98. Awesome piece. Took me 36 months to assemble it. Wow. Huh. And Now, you also founded the Restoration House of America? Yes, I did. In 1995. Yeah, formed you... for the rehabilitation of former inmates, first-time offenders, nonviolent crimes, and we're giving GEDs, some college prep courses. But mostly we're teaching vocational skills and, and ground floor entrepreneurialism, more in part type businesses, because the recidivism rate uh, for guys coming out and going back is like, I think, 75% of them return within a five-year period of time because they can't make it out of here. They've, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you lie and get a job, if they find out you went to prison, they get rid of you. Yeah, yeah. So guys, guys that are in prison, for, if they've done a nickel, Five years, they've thrown in there, young guys are thrown in there with older guys my age that teach them criminal vocations. And they come out and they can't wait to start practicing. Oh, jeez. And uh, now you're also going to be starring in uh, or acting in a film called... uh, You're right the first time. Faith Ties? (laughs) Yes. People can go on faithtiesmovie.com and they can pull it up and see what that's all about. We're supposed to start shooting in January in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to see that you're going to be back back on the screen. I'm uh, well. Uh, I, I've been behind the scenes for a while. I, 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 I last two years ago, I sat down and, and I wrote a, a, a screenplay and a half, a, a sitcom, and Second Banana. 
Um, I don't have the desire too much to to be in front of the camera anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like producing and I like writing and I like taking something. It's almost like playing God, where you take something out of your head and you give birth to it and you watch it grow up and then you watch it go on the screen. Uh, for me, that is a greater experience than standing in front of a, a camera saying somebody else's words. Yeah, I had ti- I had so tired of that anyway. Um, this way, it's like when I sat down and started writing Second Banana, it was, you know, I started putting my thoughts down on the paper and then all of a sudden it started flowing and it was like a computer link. It started linking and, and then I had a manuscript and then I started producing it and I I started publishing it and and it's like watching your child grow up. That's for me. I was 63 last week. I don't have the desire to be. Let those young kids go out there and do that. <laughs> I don't have the desire. I don't like being away from home that long. Right, yeah. You were on Girlfriends though, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I did about six spots on Girlfriends. I played one of the, uh, the young lady's uh, father. Huh. So, so you've been... you know, occasionally, occasionally something will come along yeah. that will catch my interest, like Fate Ties. The producer, Dean Black, called me up just before the holidays last year around Thanksgiving time at the mine. <clears throat> we have this screenplay, and it was a it was a play at the Pasadena Playhouse, and people were crazy over it. And we got the two writers to 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 write a screenplay, and they said Demond Wilson's the only guy that could that could they could pull this off. Mm. And so uh, my character is a, a multimillionaire who lost his family through his own neglect and gave up on life. He's not broke, but he's been living in the alley for ten years. So as I stand here talking to you on this golf course, my hair is almost shoulder length, and my beard looks like Santa Claus. Huh? Jeez. So, so you've been very busy. I mean, there's no question with all your writing and and you know jumping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, that's, that's absolutely that's amazing that that uh, that you have time to do everything that you've been doing. <laughs> well, yeah, but you 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 put all these things together, and then when they start coming to fruition, that's when the work really starts. Sitting down for 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 twelve months. Was was the, was the fun part? You have to be, of course, disciplined to write a book. Bro, yeah. I'm but sure. I, 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 I've I've written ten children's stories, the serious book, and now Second Banana. So I know um, I, I, I know the the method. Yeah, and, and I have one last thing, um, and, and and this is a very commendable thing uh, for you know people who are in Hollywood. Uh, you've been married for over thirty five years. Yeah, I was married uh, May fourth. Uh, 1974, six children, four girls, two boys, all grown, and three grand. And that, that's that's great. I mean, you know, a lot of times in Hollywood you hear where, you know... It, it, I don't live in Hollywood. Well, that's um, true, I, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I, still... I, I, never, I never thought that. I, it was, Hollywood to me is a warehouse where I went in and put my work in, clocked out, got my check, went home to my family. Yeah. That's the way I always saw it. I, people said that the media... Has 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 neglected the accomplishments of Demond Wilson, and I I was always taught as a, as a child of the Most High God that you go in your prayer closet and you pray in secret, and God rewards you openly. So it was never after the accolades and the kudos, and the, I don't go to award shows. They invite me, I re, I decline. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. What I care about is when I walk down the street and people say, "Hey, Demond Wilson, I love your work, brother." For me, that's the reward. Yeah, well, Sanford and Son is such a classic, and, uh, you know, the other acting you did was, was fantastic, too. But that one, of course, is always something that stands out the most, and that one will always be remembered. 
So, Damon, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. My pleasure, man. And tell the people now they can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. Okay, so you're on both, yeah. And uh, once again, what's the website where they can go to get the book? The number two, N is in Nancy, D is in David, banana.net. All right. Well, and in three to five business days, this beautiful book, this slice of American TV history, will arrive at the house. Yeah, and we will make sure that we put a posting on our website so people can just click on it and connect to it. And, uh, Tell them to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. All right. Well, thank you All very right, much. All right, Ryan. God bless you, brother. Have a great day. And, of course, I want to thank DeMond Wilson for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, he's you know, a lot of great stories. And if you want to hear more, all you got to do is go to uh, get his book. That t- He'll tell you all kinds of stories in there. It's called Second Banana, The Bittersweet Memoir of Sanford and Sons. And you can get that by going to his uh, website where they're selling the book. And we'll put a link right on our web uh, page. And uh, you can go there and check it out uh, or go to Amazon, whichever way you want to do it. Uh, and in bookstores, too, I'm sure you can find it. So uh, check that one out, Second Banana from Damon Wilson. And uh, we appreciate him taking the time to talk to us. Busy guy. And uh, also check out our poll question at onscreenandbeyond.com. Just go to the home page, go all the way down to the bottom, and you can uh, put your cast your ballot, uh, put your vote or whatever for the uh, latest question. And we just changed it the other day, so uh, it's up there and you can check that out. And uh, let's see, questions for our guests. We have been having a lot of great guests, and uh, you have the opportunity of asking them questions. Uh, Every once in a while, we will post who we're going to have as an upcoming guest, uh, not telling you when they're going to be on, because we're not positive, but um, who is coming up. And you can send us your questions for that person. Now, obviously, we can't take them all. We've had, uh, when we have Susan Olson on, she, we, we, we got thousands of questions and and you know we obviously can't take up all the time we wouldn't have enough time to ask them all but uh, we will pick one or two and uh, we'll try to ask those questions of those people and uh, we all also have been putting up some just recently we had uh, let's see um, Jason Cottery uh, who uh, played uh, Robin of Sherwood Robin Hood in a British TV show so all you people in uh, Britain who may have seen that show in the 80s you uh, love that show that's a great show it was also on show time for a while here in the states so um he is on there uh but uh, that's been taken down and we also had i'm trying to think who else uh, uh joanne worley that's right joanne worley was up there for a while and uh, those have been taken down because uh we you know we only leave them up for so long and then we take them down and we uh, have the interview and post it and then you're able to hear it so uh if you do have a question Check back to our homepage often and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see it down there and find out who may be coming up and give you a chance to send uh, us a question for them. Right now, I believe uh, Fran Tarkenton, that's right, Fran, who, of course, was on That's Incredible. He was one of the hosts along with Kathy Lee Crosby and um, John Davidson. And uh, anyways, Fran is uh, was on that show. And of course, he's an NFL great. We can't say more about that. And we're going to have him as a guest. So if you have questions, you can turn around and uh, send them to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we'll uh, see what we'll pick for a question or a couple of questions uh, to ask the person. So I uh, hope you'll join in on that. 
And uh, let's see, that's about it for now. Um, I hope you'll join us in, uh, for our next show, which will be episode 83. And uh, we'll have another great guest coming your way. And uh, let's see, I think that's about all I had to tell you. There was something else I needed to tell you, and I just can't think of it. But uh, I'm sure after I go off the air, I'm going to think of it, and uh, maybe I'll throw it up uh, on the next show. I'll mention it to you. But anyways, until the next time, thank you for listening. This is Brian Zimrak. Take care. <laughs>